<laughs> uh, well, all right. Well, welcome back to Sippin' Mimos. Hey, I'm- bro. Hey. Oh, wait. We got to do the cheers thing first. Oh, oh, oh that's right. <laughs> Best intro ever. Hey, well, hey, cheers. Cheers, bud. Clink. Clink. What you got there, by the way? I am drinking, not an ad, Old Forester Straight Kentucky Bourbon Whiskey. Wow. We were just chatting on bourbon off mic, I guess. And then, uh, um, can I see the, oh, okay. What was, do you have the bottle there? Okay. Old Forester. Oh, okay. Wow. What's your, what's your fave? So, um, if any, any, uh, bourbon connoisseurs are listening. They might roll your eyes at this one. Sure. Um, Evan Williams. I, I'm a really big fan of the Metallica whiskey blackened. <laughs> I really, really enjoy that stuff. Um, the gimmick is it's like um, it's mastered, quote unquote, uh, in its barrels uh, to very low frequency recordings of Metallica songs. No, it's not. Yeah. Are you serious? Oh yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Uh, is that like one of those things where they're like, oh, the quantum, you know, thing where like they like they play like you know music to plants, and then like it grows better, and like then and then if you scream like I hate you at a plant. <laughs> I I think so. I think it has something to do with like the vibration of like the the the, the barrels infuses the flavor a little more. Uh huh. <laughs> You don't have to. <laughs> whatever it, whatever it, whatever it does, it does the trick. Um, that's right that's like my that's my go to whiskey. And then if we're talking bourbons, I really like. Um, I really like. We were talking about the, the Still Austin, um, the Cast Strength. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and uh, big fan of the. It's a. It's kind of a staple. The Four Roses, really good stuff. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. If you were to. Um, as many celebrities do, and we're podcast celebrities, right? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks, Ted, for listening. Uh, uh, but if you were to like, um, you know, like pull a Clooney or a Ryan Reynolds, like, and like have your own brand, like, would it be a whiskey or a bourbon? I would like to. I'd like to have like a um, like a line of uh, of bourbons. Um, I would call them. Um, yeah. What would you call it? Oh boy. I would call them um, Swervin Bourbon. Um, <laughs> I like that. Uh, okay. Why? Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, why? Um, uh, no, you have I, to drive on it. You have to drink it and then drive. <laughs> it's the only I'll, way to. <laughs> <laughs> no, way to do it. Uh, no, I would call it. Actually, I don't know. Um, I don't. This might be a bad idea, but like you know, my the the Elliot drink is a vodka soda lime juice. If I could like get like lime infused vodka going. Maybe that would taste rancid because, like, of the rinds <laughs> and all that. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just picturing it in my head, and I've got that fucking bucket right here where I can make it happen. But uh, uh, <laughs> Elliot, um, Elliot is now the proud owner of a of a still. So I have a still. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna kill myself by making alcohol. What a way Clearly. to go, though. It's my fate. I'm, he, he died doing what he loved. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but like, but if but if we had something together, like a sip of mimos thing, it would have to be like a mosa, I suppose, right? Yeah, you know, I it had to be like mimosa bourbon. 
Oh, <laughs> the big craze right now is the seltzer thing. So, like, if I can do like a vodka seltzer lime thing, I mean, I'll be a, I don't know. But if we if we did something, I would rather it be a cool whiskey, right? I mean, that's that's way that's way cooler than a than a mimosa in a bottle, like a sip, like a sip and mimos, like um, exclusive type whiskey. I love that. It, well, yeah, it'd be a whiskey called Sip and Mimos, oh, which is at, which which is as conf- as confusing as our podcast name because we don't talk about mimosas. We talk about <laughs> '90s music. So, like, oh, I love a mimosa. Like, oh, wait, this is whiskey. <laughs> what? Okay, okay, I got, it. okay, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. Okay. Oh man, I got it. Okay. You go. What? So Clooney's tequila is Casa Amigos. Uh, okay. Or something like that. I yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. For our Sipping Mimos um, exclusive bourbon, it's gonna, we're going to be Casa Mibro. Casa Mibros? <laughs> Casa Mimos. Casa Mimos. Casa, there it is. Casa Mimos. Yeah. I. <laughs> hey, our Spawn episode dropped. Hey. Yeah. And I, yeah. Let's talk about that. So, uh, oh, okay. The uh, Ellie and I recorded a total banger of a, of an episode last Halloween. Uh, yeah, forever. About 1997's Spawn. Spawn. I started thinking it was like a cursed episode. Like yeah. it was something in the um, something in the internet waves were just did did not want that thing on the internet. Um, yeah. Uh, but thanks to our fearless technical leader Elliot, uh, he resurrected it. Did, did I just a, I just cut it for a fourth time, honestly. And I, I, I you did a tech what you did a technical exorcism and brought it back from the dead. Ooh, technical exorcism. That's our DJ name. Come on. And then, and then awoke a year later, just like Spawn, just like Al Simmons, and not and like <laughs> and oh and like the episode's like oh my god, my wife is remarried. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I realized we recorded it last year. Um, yeah. This year was actually the 25th anniversary of Spawn. Yeah, so kind of worked out really, really nice. My voice is a lot higher uh, in that episode. You know, I've, I've, you know, I've got hair in really weird places. You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, kind of a lot's happened since we recorded that show. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple weeks ago, uh, I had the great pleasure of having Elliot and some really close friends uh, be take part in my bachelor party that's right um, and my sister who's my best my best woman maid of honor slash maid of honor um mm-hmm. and so she just you know as as anyone that, that meets this guy I fell in love with elliot and we did a great oh, wait. <laughs> did a great <laughs> did a great sopranos theme yes and, it was a blast the whole you know and you know i i try to do a I try to do a Tony Soprano, but I think it sounds it ends up it ends up sounding like a, a certain form of president. Um, and my sister always roasts me for it. And we're, ta- <laughs> we're there talking with with Elliot, and he goes, "So I did my my Tony Soprano," and she's like, "That's that so doesn't sound like him." And Elliot just drops this like badass New Jersey accent, and Bonnie was like, "Oh my!" Bonnie's my sister. Uh, she's just like, "Oh my." sounds just like him i'm just like i'm out of here i'm, I'm <laughs> no i didn't, I didn't. <laughs> yeah now elliot showed up 
just like uh, Polly Walnuts for fans of the sh- for fans of the Sopranos. And <laughs> is that how it was? I just, I just, I borrowed a, uh, a starter jacket from my neighbor with like the stripes on the arms. So I thought it looked cool. Good, uh, good. Yeah, it was fun. As, it was fun as shit. It was what a what a lovely day that was. It was a great evening. Yeah, truly. You, you have a great team behind you, man. Oh man, what good what good dudes. I'm very fortunate, and it, it really was a wonderful time. And just I realized like everyone there. All my guys were, are, I have the strongest connection with them uh, in one way or another based on mutual like love of, of music and pop culture, you know, and having mm-hmm. everything there, I was just like, oh, wow. Like, it's so neat that I've been able to connect with these, you know, this like really wonderful group of guys over almost 20 years now, some, some of them um, over just like talking about music and even now you know like we have a show based on our mutual love of music and and pop culture and everything it's just it's been a really great time of my life and i'm really i've been really enjoying it that's excellent we should mention that uh jake's getting married in like 17 days gentle listener we're actually recording this at the reception uh we got a live audience going (laughs) no no Yeah, everyone's waiting at the altar, and we're just we're just gonna take a couple hours to talk it's about fucking... cocktail hour. Uh... <laughs> uh-huh. little, the big days, uh, a little over two weeks away, and I cannot wait. Is was... yeah, I, I feel nervous. I feel nervous. I'm just I'm feeling ready. I'm. Uh... Oh, I love that. It's the perfect fucking answer. Yes. Wow, <laughs> beautiful. That's all. That's oh, it's lovely. Uh, but uh, but on top of um on top of preparing for nuptials and introducing new friends and old friends and hanging worlds out colliding. Friends. Yeah. <laughs> worlds colliding. Um, yeah. Uh, Ellie and I have actually had the chance to see a lot of really awesome uh, live music events the past month or so. Yeah. We've been, we've been going out and about man. Uh, 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 October has been pretty wild for me as of this record. Uh, Octo- October while mostly, jake's bachelor party month it was also my 40th birthday and like and and uh cheers cheers <laughs> it, it's it's just like 39 but just more back pain and i'm tired all the time <laughs> but we we've we've been out and about we've seen some shows it seems to be yeah. i i know i have I, I get more than previous because well you know there was a couple years there where like nothing was going on and we're all just like oh inside holding our dicks and listening to sipping memos i imagine <laughs> and then and then all of a sudden like let's go nuts and then this month i i we we both have been to some cool ass shows i know you you you've been in a, a new venue that i'd never heard of in in austin are you referring to concourse concourse and i i went there and saw net sky net sky is a drum and bass producer um that i've been into for quite some time He's on the label called House Hospital, and they make kind of like house and jazz influenced drum and bass. Mm-hmm. So it's it's uh, uh, closer to what you might call liquid drum and bass than it is to like uh, like hardcore like uh, tech step. You know, like you're you're playing other drums and stuff like that. You uh-huh. know what I'm talking about. To listeners, Jake doesn't know what I'm talking about, um, but it's like real. It's sort of real smooth and jazzy, and like, and like uplifting and beautiful and all this. And uh, seeing Netsky, I went with um, a couple friends. And it was a, it was a GD blast. 
we had a great time and uh he played this one this one b-side that me and my neighbor friend adore we've been like listening to at pool parties for years now um called eyes closed guy listeners just just pause the podcast and and look up net sky eyes closed and it's just this beautiful fucking tune it's so cool and it's just like this driving kind of uh, beautiful mel- melodic uh jam and we were like how can we get him to how can we make sure he plays that like should we make a banner should we like make a sign but he just played it anyways and we were losing our minds we were hugging we were crying it was fucking phenomenal so Nets guy was great jay cool have you seen i've been very lucky to see some really awesome shows since the last time we recorded all mainly uh bands that i i have never actually seen before um mm. And that I've wanted to see for a really long time. And uh, so the first one was Iron Maiden, uh, which was oh. phenomenal. Um, Wait, you've seen Iron Maiden before, though, have you not? I feel like we talked about it on the show. I saw Judas Priest. Uh, oh! Uh, Iron Maiden, they're part of the new wave of British heavy metal, which was really fantastic. It was like this new, it was like, think like punk, punk fast punk beats combined with heavy metal virtuosity and riffing. And so Iron Maiden got to see them. It was great. It was like, it was a, it was a show. It was theatrical. It was operatic. Yeah. Um, there was a 10 foot tall British red coat that came out with the sword and tried to fight the lead singer. Um, there was <laughs> the singer Dickinson had like flamethrowers on his arms. So while he yeah. was singing, he was shooting flames at the audience. It was just, Sure. You still got your eyebrows. So that tells me you had bad seats. Yeah, I was in the nosebleeds. <laughs> <laughs> this past weekend, we got to see um, Sir Elton John. That's okay. That's okay. This is crazy. Uh, I saw your Instagram, like you guys dressed up and stuff. Yes. It looks so cool. Tell us about it. So my fiance and I, um, we've kind of had like this like theme going every Halloween where we dress up as musicians our first Halloween, we went as Axel and Slash. Um, our second one, we went as Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams from Eurovision. Last year, we were the Ramones. And this year, we were kind of like, what do we want to be? You know, we haven't really seen anyone, you know, because there weren't really a lot of shows. And I was just like, let's be Elton John. You know, because, you, know, you know, there's so many iconic looks. And uh, she's the best. So she was just like, let's do it. So she was good... Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road, Elton John. She wore the pink pink bomber with his name across the back. And I was uh, Dodger Stadium 1975, Elton John, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so I wore a onesie with sequins head to toe uh, with like a sequin baseball cap. According to like the measurements on the website, I am a medium. Uh, they sent me a super medium. <laughs> I'll say that. Yeah. So I was, I was very much like in my seat. Like I can't if I if I move my arms too much, this thing's going. Uh, but besides that, it was it was wonderful. He was he was everything I, I could have imagined he would be. He was great. It was a great show. You're you're catching like these legacy acts, yeah. You know? Is this honestly his farewell tour? Come on. The way he he actually said something. He was actually getting us all misty eyed. He was mm. like. My first show in Texas was in Houston in 1971. My first show in San Antonio was the next night in 1971. In my career 
I played Texas 81 times, and tonight will be my last. And he was like, thank you for supporting me all these years, but I miss my family. Yeah. I I cannot travel anymore. I miss them so. So I'm I'm going to be with them, and thank you for understanding. And everyone was like, (laughs) oh, my God, that's amazing. So Oh, wow. Elton, that guy... That guy is music, you know? Yeah. Uh, by, by the way, welcome to Sip and Mimos. This is a podcast where Jake and I... <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, this is the longest <laughs> intro in show history. <laughs> <laughs> this is a show where Jake and I talk about 90s uh, radio rock and electronica and compare and contrast. Also, there were beverages, sometimes mimosas. I've also seen some shows recently. I saw... Um, I, I had like a ladies' night with some lady friends of mine. We went and saw Lizzo. Tell me about this. We, we saw Lizzo at the Moody Center, this new, like, new fucking giganto arena. It was fun as hell. Um, she had like three costume changes. She was so fun. And she was like, yeah. And like, uh, there was like a thing, like, and it was like, uh, there was like a thing on like the screens. So I was like, hey, if it's your birthday, text this to this number and Lizzo might bring you on stage. So it was my 40th, right? So I texted, I text. I'm like, I text Lizzo. I'm like, Lizzo, I'm a, I'm a fan. It's my 40th birthday. I send it. And then n- nothing happened. She brought someone else on stage. Oh. <laughs> but we had a great time. <laughs> it's thick, 30. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't know. That, um, that It's About Damn Time track is like my song of the summer. I think it's so fucking great. Anyways, it was, that was fun. And then I, before that, I saw um, I saw Pendulum DJ here in Austin. Pendulum is a talking about if we have a, another two thousands ep- episode g- number one with a bullet. I'm gonna make you listen to Pendulum because I think you might dig it. Uh, and these are an Australian drum and bass group, and it was fun. Uh, but they they went on. It was like a DJ thing, and they, they, I went to Kingdom here in Austin, like the New Kingdom, which is like a, just strobe lights and and loud, loud, loud. Kingdom is one of those like more well known electronic venues, huh? Yeah, absolutely. The idea is that it's like a low ceiling kind of like underground kind of vibe, you know. Okay. Um, and like just like so the the bass bins just like rattle your fucking sternum. I was really feeling my age that night because I've seen them before. And it was uh, El Hornet, I think, DJing and uh, one of the one of the guys from Pendulum. And like, I'm a fan. And my uh, I was there with, with my squad. Lizzo was my ladies' night. This is my bros' night. Pendulum. And, uh, yeah. And like at a certain point, like I think it was like 1:30. I just like stepped outside for a cigarette, and I was like, uh, no, I'm done. And I just like called a lift and just left. Just bounced on everyone. I guess I was like, no, I'm done. And uh. I felt my age, but I have seen some fun shows this month. But then you saw uh, like a legacy act. Um, I, I, like what, what was, what's the big takeaway from that? There was a lot to unpack, you know, and I think a, a part of me still kind of is, you know, cause it's, it's like someone whose music has been a part of so many people. Uh, it's been part of yeah. my life forever. And just to hear it and see it played live was really yeah. special. At one point, at one point during the night he did he was playing um i'm still standing yeah and they were showing videos of him throughout his career you know reading his biography and you know you realize he really 
suffered a lot, but yeah, uh, but now he's happily married and has two two children, and he's retiring to spend time with them. And at one point during the night, I looked over at my fiance and I said, "You know, mm-hmm. Elton's come a long way, baby." Here we go. Now the funk soul brother, check it out now. The funk soul brother, right about now. The funk soul brother, check it out now. The funk soul brother, right about now. The funk soul brother, check it out now. The funk soul brother, right about now. The funk soul brother, right about now. Welcome back uh, to okay. Mimo. Uh, yeah, I'm Jake, and you got Elliot on the line too. Yeah, I'm also here. Hey, man, can you, can you play that one song I like? Oh, you mean that Rockefeller's? Yeah. No, no. Uh, yeah, is this Rock Funk Soul Brother? Check it out. <laughs> now. It's Funk Soul Brother. Check it out now, Funk Soul. So Dude, here I, we go. I, I've heard, I've heard the Rockefeller skank. Uh, when, when did it, 97? 98. 98. Okay, so 24 years now. I've heard the Rockefeller Skank has been a part of my life. And I, I talked about it last episode, you know, how, and I'll probably talk, touch on it again. But I've never heard that intro to it, uh, which is really, really neat. Oh, is this your first time listening to the album all the way yeah, through? Yeah, all the way through, yeah. Ooh, um, okay, so... The, uh, there was a lot of hype for this one, I, and, and I'm, I'm, I've been tracking my brain because I, I had, I had, I had, uh, I had had better living through chemistry, which we talked about on our previous Fatboy Slim episode, um, which is his first album, um, and there's a lot of like cool synths and cool guitar uh, uh, samples and, and loops and stuff like that. And this one was something that was hyped, like he was becoming a big old deal. Um, Norman Cook. AKA Fat Boy Slim. Like, it was like, this is next level stuff. Like, he is like um, taking the electronic and dance music genre and like making it palatable, I would, just, I would say. Like, he, he intentionally designed this whole album to be radio ready. And a lot of electronic dance music, it's just a beat and we're moving and we're moving forward and we're crescendoing and we're breaking and then we build up again and we drop. He's going verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, verse, chorus. Like he, want, he wanted these pop sensibilities, this pop music sensibility in it. He's modeling these songs that got your Beatles tunes and shit like that. Like they don't, they don't have to be too long. He's like, we're gonna have a little buildup. We're gonna have a, uh, we're gonna have the verse, and we're gonna have a chorus, and always, always a lick, like a tasty, tasty lick, where like the, you know, the good part, where everyone's dancing and having a good time. And then this album dropped, and I knew about it before it dropped, which is, I think, the first time I ever remembered really being excited for an album to be available. And I remember my first girlfriend got it for me. She like went to Sam Goody. I think she worked there. Uh, you remember Sam Goody at the mall? R.I.P. Sam Goody, I guess. FYE. Ugh. FYE. I always, you know, overpriced 300% markups on CDs and stuff like that. Virgin Records, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I got the uh, I got the CD, and uh, she was like, she was like, hey, uh, just so you know, I listened to it, and one of these early tracks is like 
we cannot play it in front of your dad because we, we were she gave it to me when we were driving to youth group <laughs> like to our church i think i know the track <laughs> of course yeah you can imagine uh track three in heaven um and she's like did this one track you, be, you just have to skip over it. or i'm like so i kept like uh, we'd be of course like i was like we had to listen to this immediately we popped it in and um right here right now like opens up the album and it's brilliant it's oh, yeah. fucking brilliant uh norman cook said like he got inspiration from massive attack from this song because like he's like what makes massive attacks uh uh from unfinished sympathy sympathy uh uh this like classic tune we'll get to massive attack it's on my list i promise Is that the one with the um, beetle I know it, it. That one's been on, like the yeah. Radar. That's on. That, that, that's mezzanine with a beetle on the front. Um, but he's like, "What made this song so great? It's the strings. I need a song with strings." He made right here, right now, and it's still to this day like just crushes. Um, that's that's track number one. Track number two is the Rockefeller skin, legendary. Right about now, the funk soul brother. Check it out now. I sent Jake earlier. The did you listen to it? The yeah. um the yeah. the Sliced tomatoes, or whatever. Um, th th there was a record that Norman Cook liked to like to DJ out. He liked to play it in the middle of his sets, and it is like he's he just like stopped everything and played this like surf rock tune, bang, 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 bang. kind of like you know Tarantino me surf rock kind of shit. But like the 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 tempo is like way off, so it, it makes Rockefeller skank. It's it's, it's one sixty BPM. And that's a very odd tempo to have. Uh, uh, for a dance tune, which makes Rock vs. King almost impossible to DJ with. Uh, but it's also a absolute classic. It was a huge tune, big old hit. Every single song on this album is a big old hit. It just became this fucking amazing album. I've listened to it probably more than most albums ever. Uh, really? I know it inside and out. So you've listened to this one more than like Homework or? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say so. When this, when this dropped, I became obsessed with it. Fabasim uh, became my guy. I'm like, this is it. This is the sound I've been looking for, man. Like, back to the future style. Get a load of this, you know, like. <laughs> Mom um, Barry. <laughs> yeah, it's your cousin. And I, I just kind of fell in love with this idea where like, oh man, this is like everything I want. This is uh, bombastic. This is big beat. This is big old drums. This is fun. It's silly. And like you put any one of these tunes on at a party and people are having a good old time. This is Fabulous Sims, You've Come a Long Way, Baby. Jake, what did you think? Oh man, so I think when we talked about the Fat of the Land um, by The Prodigy, if I didn't, I should have. A, a, you know, a lot of our artists, like when we came, we started off with like Daft Punk. I, okay, I knew Daft Punk. Like I, I'd heard, you know, Around the World and One More Time. I, they were like on my, on my radar but some of our artists like orbital or like underworld like mm -hmm. these guys um i hadn't heard of um fatboy slim is i would probably say next to daft punk no because i hadn't listened to a daft punk album i had listened to fat of the land a lot because my cousin mm -hmm. had it. cousin right 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 aren't cousins the best so <laughs> fatboy slim so I can't say I listened to You've Come a Long Way Baby, the album, but that being said, I listened to the two singles off this album because they were on 
mix 96.1 like the pop radio station in san antonio mm -hmm. constantly uh in the late 90s um and so much so that my um my god brothers so i was uh, raised catholic and so i had god brothers that my parents had baptized god brothers god sisters um we we would call them we would call each other funk soul brother after fat boy slim because we mm -hmm. right about now funk soul brother and we would just be like funk soul brother you know like we because we just loved listening to the rockefeller skink you know and um it came out on she's all that uh be ready remember this pretty prince I think Usher was the DJ of the high school in that movie. I it was, that was one of those movies where the nerdy girl takes off her glasses and she's hot. Yeah. Is that right? And yeah, they put sure. Kiss Me by Sixpence on the Rich. <laughs> um, Kiss me. Right. And so I remember that. Um, and yeah, and so it was always on Rock of saying on the radio. But the one I think that I like as, as, as like someone in his 30s, really really appreciates is praise you yep really special song um oh man man elliot's showing that he has a copy of oh it's praise you oh it's the single oh man i saw <laughs> i saw a copy of uh of you've come a long way mm -hmm. baby, at at our favorite record store here in austin mm -hmm. and i saw it and i was like oh man I'll wait till next time, and I should have pulled the trigger because I'm yep. taking my health. Yeah. Um, this was such a treat to listen to. I, I really, really enjoyed. I'm totally drawn by living better, living through better living through chemistry, chemistry, yeah. which is his first album we've talked about pretty early on. Yeah, you hear a lot in when you when you say like he he was starting to craft songs. Mm -hmm. It makes sense because like I remember hearing like "Praise You," for instance on on the radio and being like oh and trying to like my young brain trying to figure out like okay so what's the piano playing okay and who's what, what are they singing what's the guitar doing mm -hmm. you know, like oh what's the what are the drums out in my mind i was thinking this was a four-piece band you know when five by Slim first uh arrived in the u.s after better living through the chemistry most people going to see him thought it was a band. And well, I hear guitars, I hear basses, I hear all this, and, and like, uh, and then they were surprised to see it was a DJ. <laughs> Something about the name Fatboy Slim doesn't read as, you know, <laughs> old, mild-mannered, you know, British man. No, <laughs> like, and, and and but there he is. It's almost like like that band, the Spin Doctors. You know, it's like a like a like a random kind of like. Spin Doctors, you know, Fat Boy Slim. Like you think it's, it's like a, I don't know. Like I, I, I literally thought they were a band. And then I remember being early on, like being told like, oh yeah, that the Rockefeller Skank, the Funk Soul Brother song is the same band. The people, I remember people calling them a band, same band as Crazy. I'm just like, well, hold on. Like, but the guy singing in Rockefeller Skank doesn't sound anything like the guy singing in Praise You. Like, I, I remember I went and saw the spin doctors and I asked for my money back when I when I asked to see their medical degree. Yeah. <laughs> hey, in my defense, I was ten. <laughs> oh, I'm not. I'm not giving you a hard time. I'm just saying. No, 
And then I saw and I saw Norman Cook and I said, he's not he's very slim. What is this? You know? Oh, emphasis on the slim. Slim boy fat? That doesn't sound quite right. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, he, he said people people thought he was uh, you know uh, uh, black uh, like he had a real hard time because well something about the name Pebble Slim and I'm not quite sure how he came up with that but uh, but uh, the name it, it, that's the one that took he's gone by many names Money Dubcats and, and like all these different uh, Pizza Man he used to be called uh, like uh, a bunch of different when he started putting out remixes so it all starts with remixes um, he he was in a bunch of punk bands Norman Cook he was in a bunch of punk bands as a kid. He was in like a pop band, um, the uh, oh boy, House Martins, for a minute. He was play- he's a bass player. He's a bass player, which gave him a little one up on the sampling thing because he would make sure everything's in key. He, he he's mentioned that like he's like watched a lot of DJs like, sample things and loop things, and they're all out of key. And he would mention to them like, "Hey, that's out of key. Like like what what's a key? <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you mean? I put the vocals over this other beat, and like it's it's fine." He's like, "No, no, they're." It's 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 all like my eardrums because they're out of key. But he knows how to make music from like the ground up. So like it, it, it enabled him to uh, uh, start sampling and like doing all these wild things. And he starts compiling and compiling and making these these things. But he would he would start he would start making these tunes, and and he would play them out at his own club, which is in in a place called Brighton, which is an hour outside of London. It's on the it's on the coast. It's on the beach, um, and he had a club. He was like a partner in called the Big Beat Boutique. I love that. And and well, that's where we get the name Big Beat as a genre, is because of this location. Really? Uh, yes. There's a place in Chicago called the Warehouse. Way back in the day, that's how we would get house music. And there's a place in Brighton, England, called the Big Beat Boutique. That's where we get Big Beat. Wow. Yes, correct. Yes, yes. How, how have we been going at this three years? We've never touched on the origin of these names. Well, I just wanted to close some synapses today because it's a special episode. It's the, it's the you've come a long way, baby. And we've come a long way, baby, haven't we, Jake? Oh. So it's, it's, it's about it's, it's time that we close these loops. <laughs> yeah, hard, hard, hard. So, <laughs> so on the day of your wedding, I thought I would reveal it to you. <laughs> and you know, I'm Cook! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he's here. He's been sitting in the corner all night. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, that's where Big Beat, like, the name comes from. Yeah. Um, and he's, and he's, he's best buddies with the Chemical Brothers. Like, they go on holiday, they call it vacation, like, together and all that, and, like, back in the day and all that. I mean, they, would, they would exchange, like, techniques and stuff like that. So, and, like, that's where, you know, when... When dig your hole, dig your own hole drops. Like, like there's there's a lot of big beat block record beats and all this. Yeah. So they got those ideas from Fat Boy, and there's a lot of um, in in like Love Island and Acid Eight Thousand or whatever. Like uh, on this album, like uh, there's a lot of like like uh, repetitive like um like echoing kind of psychedelia yeah. in it, and and they got that he got that from the Chems, and like so they're they're exchanging ideas, and and in like he he just he just bunkered up in his little studio. With like no interruptions and and created this album, I think it's fucking fantastic. He goes he goes from punk and he, he heard about he heard about he heard about hip hop and then hip hop became electro and his big guys were like number one the Clash 
big fan of the clash. Okay. Uh, he, and then, and then he heard grandmaster flash do things with records where he would, um, you know, elongate the breaks of records, like the, the, the drum solos essentially. And, and like, so, um, MCs can rap, breakers can dance to an infinite amount of time. And he's like, okay, well, you can, you can loop things, loops done. Got it. And then like, he heard Giorgio Moroder, like making like these like electronic disco stuff. And then he's like, okay, he's like, uh, got it. But like the, the, the funk and rock stuff, like, like influence is, is there. He wasn't, he's not a big techno dude. He's not a big, like, you know, uh, what they call four on the floor, meaning like, boom, 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 boom. He's like, like, he's not Richie hot, you know, he's, yeah. he is, he is Norman Cook. He wants this to be fucking ridiculous and fun. And he likes that boom, 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 and he wants that big old beat and, and like in silliness and fun. He just wants to make people happy. And that's where this is. This is the apex of Fatboy Slim. You've come a long way, baby. This is this is perfection. He nailed it. And this is big beat. And this is Fatboy Slim at his like at his absolute Fatboy Slimmiest. <laughs> I, I agree. And um, this was a total like treat to listen to. And just the the artwork. Uh, do you know if if that is his collection? So so the uh, album art, the cover. Um, it's gone through a few iterations, and the one I had, I imagine if you bought it when you were a kid, when you were a zygote, and I was uh, driving you to school and babysitting you, uh, <laughs> it's just a bunch of records. It's just a bunch of records like lined up, which is actually a photo of, of Norman's collection. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, there's like a there's like lighter notes that show his studio, and it's a very humble little tiny like like just cabinet little 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 cubby hole you know it's a, an atari sequencer and all this and like in the heat is just and like a shitload of uh floppy disks or or what what are the ones with the hard shells are those called floppies and the other ones are called like you know what i'm talking about yeah 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 to to millennials it's what your save button looks like yeah uh, those things yeah so he had a bunch of like <laughs> samples on those things and then and he started just like messing around with them like putting them over each other and he made this whole album it's i think it's i think it's incredible no this this was this is fantastic um yeah but no this was this is wonderful i really really enjoyed the first the first taste of fat boy we got um and knowing that this one was uh kind of like the Jaws's dorsal fin, you know, kind of thrown him. Like I know it was out there in the waters, and I was like, I was waiting for it to bite me, man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So getting to listen to this one, getting to actually listen to the whole album, like I said, yeah. like, those two singles were so massive um, in my life, uh, and I have such great memories of listening to those songs. Um, but going, being able to like listen to this album, there's some really, really great stuff on there. There's like some like almost like uh, like Tribe Called Quest kind of like beats in Gangster Trippin. I really, really like that one. Yep. Um, and then uh, the one that was, the one that really caught me by surprise, and I remember you, you uh, just a second ago, you said like, he's not a big synth guy. And I remember that. But when I heard Acid 8000, I was yep. kind of like, this is slowing me for a loop right now. This is, this is something like that, 
I would expect from like Daft Punk or maybe even the Chemical Bros. Um, But I don't know. It was why. So he's using a synthesizer on this one. It's a 303. It's a 303. It's a Roland 303, um, I believe. Cause on on Better Lately Chemistry, there's a song called "Everyone Everybody Needs a 303." Everybody. Uh, and like, um, in the 303 is like where the, the acid comes in, which is like we talked about about Josh Wink on the Spawn episode, which is like the and like Crystal Method does a lot. Like it's, it's like the uh, adjusting uh, uh, cut off the threshold. Like like the. He goes a little ape shit with the uh, yeah, it's the album it's the album closer, right? Yeah, with the knobs, he's, tw- he's tweaking the knobs, baby. What are you, what are your thoughts on knob tweakers? <laughs> I know I having said that, I know there's a lot of like ways that, that can sound there's I'm not sure what hundreds. <laughs> there's uh I think triple, quadruple even in Tondras. Uh uh what do you mean? Like like DJs that um, I think like a modern one, and I could I'm shooting in the dark, but just watching his live forms like Skrillex, um, yeah. he's always manipulating his like um, his board his knobs. He's tweaking those knobs. Like, what are your when tweaking you play those live, episode you, title? Yeah, it's tweaking those knobs. <laughs> uh, when you play live, do you do you ever try to manipulate those? those things or yeah um well on a dj mixing board there's a okay so you have a you have you have turntable one turntable two and then the mixer is like you know two two volume uh sliders and then one a crossfader in between you could cut in between the two of them and then the, the three knobs above are high mid low they're essentially just equalizers but they might, might be a little bit stronger than your stereo like they'll just turn off the kick drum completely or the bass line. And I, I, you, you need to know how to use those if you want to mix in probably, because you can't have two kick drums hitting at the same time because it'll sound like shoes in a dryer and it'll like clump and they'll, they'll, they'll uh, smash together and clash. And I know we, we've spent like a like a, a lot of time talking about the two hits on this one. And I, and I think it's just because- you, you, you say two hits, but that, that, that's, that feels offensive to me, honestly. There's okay, okay. jams on this album. Okay. <laughs> mainstream radio hits <laughs> every single track on here has been like in a movie or a, or a truck commercial i know i joke about it a lot with my guys sometimes but like this this album was designed for radio play with the first course first course thing and like the the limited amount of uh time and and like they they licensed the shit out of these tracks um and i think norman made a pretty good paycheck did this did this kind of like set the stage for Moby's play next year in the, the following year? Absolutely. Yeah, which we'll get to. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and when I say like the two hits, I don't mean to uh, diminish the the influence <laughs> or like the. You've already said it, and it's out there now. I can't stop thinking about. it. You know what I mean? Um, to like <laughs> the, the casual listener, uh, like myself in 1998. Or, or you know, this morning, um, going into it, I was like, okay, I knew I had these two songs because so they've you know been in my life for so long. But no, this was there was so much here, and I think his drum sound, his drum sounds might be my favorite drum sounds of any artist you you've introduced me to. Mm-hmm. 
um, yeah. might, might be the big beat nature. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it, they're just, they're second to none. They're just really, really fantastic. And I know, I knew like going into this one, I was like, okay, like the drums are going to be just off the charts and let's just right off the back of right here, right now. Um, which I thought was like a Jesus Jones reference. I thought he was going to sample <laughs> Jesus Jones. Uh, I think he's a fan, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right here, right now. There is no... Um, did, did, did any other tracks uh, hit you? I really... I liked California. But that whole midsection, it like... it it. There were separate tracks, but they almost worked in kind of like a like a continuous sequence almost um i i don't know if that was on purpose probably was um mm-hmm. i love that you're not from brighton um, yeah you're not from brighton almost reminds me of like insane in the membrane by cypress hill okay so a lot of hip-hop uh and there, I, I really like the the way on some songs like he would just sample in the word like brass he'd be like brass Brass, you know, you know what song I'm talking about? No, what, what is this? He's talking. He like there's like the, the word brass is like sampled throughout like the verses of a song. Uh, build it up, tear it down. Brass, going, brass, brass, brass. Oh, <laughs> okay. That, that that's one like I re-listening to today. I'm like, this might be my favorite off the album. Like, from where I'm at, from where I'm standing right now, like, I got uh, Build It Up, Tear It Down. Just like the, this like, cause the chorus, the hook, the build it up, tear it down. I like, that's so fucking fantastic. I love it so much. When this album dropped, I became obsessed and, and uh, listened to it incessantly. And uh, beyond this album, I became uh, a big old collector of his remixes. He is a, a prolific remixer and um the remixes he did between better living through chemistry and this album are just legendary and developed the big the big beat sound and then we get to the pinnacle of big beat which is this album this is absolute peak big beat um there's there's he did a he did a remix of corner shop's brim full of asha i don't know if you're familiar with corner shop it's corner shop no, Brim full of Asha on the 45. All right. It's this amazing remix of um, uh, Wild Child's Renegade Master. Back once again with the Renegade Master. Default damage, power to the default. All right. Uh, but it's, it's really great. Uh, so I started collecting all these. Like, it became like much like um, in our hybrid episode, like hybrid became like a very much wanted remixer, uh, you know, uh, crew. Like you wanted a hybrid remix. If you got a Norman Coke Fatboy Slim remix on your 12 inch, fucking forget it. It's gonna just destroy because he's got these beats for days. Um, the the he, he he says like after Corner Shop and the and Renegade Master in that trilogy, the last one was Rockefeller Skank. Like where 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 it did it, where where it was defying all the. This wasn't club of music, you know? This is not club, like, it's not like, like it's not techno, it's not house. His big old, his, his big old thing, his mantra is, uh, you know, have fun, break all the rules. 
and, and he did, and it became a fucking phenomenon. And like, this is still considered electronic music because he made it with electronics. It's got a little soul to it, like a little joy to it, certainly. And and uh, I, I don't know if I would be a DJ without Fatboy Slim. It didn't occur to me that you could do that. Like, so th this this album meant a whole lot to me. It was very um, formative. I fell in love with this idea of like, oh, you could just do loops and beats, and, and like it, it made sense to my in my brain because of my condition. <laughs> but like this could be like, but this could be fun as shit, and he, and his his element of fun is uh, something that's lacking in a lot of shit these days, and it's it's like this the silliness. So like like fuck it, who gives a shit? Like we, there's there's no rules. You can do whatever you want. As long as it's fun, and I think that's what you've come along way, baby, means, and I think it's uh, um, important for that. There's a song on this album called "Gangster Tripping," and someone that's like, "Get down!" Yeah. Uh, I was in high school when this album came out, and that song became kind of a hit. I don't know, I forget which which you know uh, high school rom com movie it was in. But the cheerleaders in my high school liked it and wanted to do like a, a dance thing to it. But they thought they he might they the sample might be saying fuck fuck what you doing with it what we doing with it what we doing with the fat boy tripping and I was like I don't think it's I don't think he's swearing. But the cheerleaders came up to me, so I was hosting at my locker, which I realize I now do at my stoop, like <laughs> every other night. <laughs> Everyone would gather in my locker and we'd just hang out and talk shit. Oh my God, I totally do that still. Wow. But then the, the cheerleaders, like, we're all nerds, dude. We're I'm like, which Star Wars character do you like more? You know, like, and like, it's like the cheerleaders, like, cheerleaders came up to me. Like, not even the cheerleaders, the palms, which is like a level above the cheerleaders. Palm squad. So, like, the hottest, you know, girls. Elliot, you like do music stuff, right? I'm like, what? Like you DJ and stuff? I'm like, uh. And they're like, we want to do like a gangster, probably some gangster tripping dance, but can you like cut out the F word if we like give you the song? I'm like, I already have it on vinyl. Like, oh, what, what's that? You know? <laughs> so I, I made like a tape and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, like what are we doing with that? What are we doing with that? What are we doing with the fabric tripping? And I, <laughs> let's see. I'm like, here you go. And like my French was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> How do you know those girls? I'm like, I don't. I really don't. I promise you, I don't. And, uh, and they performed a dance to it. And it was pretty wild. And they made me like a, this card, like a thank you card. Like, thanks, Elliot, with all this stuff. I'm like, holy shit. Where'd that card go? One of my friends probably stole it. I swear to God. Where'd that go? <laughs> but that was a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You never told me that. <laughs> I know. I didn't remember it until I was listening. To it. I'm like, oh my God. It's right at one time. Yeah. That, that gang, gangster tripping, it reminds me of like a tribe called Quest, like I said earlier. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of hip hop going on and all that. Yeah. yeah, big time. That's that's amazing. And, you know, it's like, I think it's a really cool story because um, it it was like a way, it's like a way like you're, that you, you, you know, because high school is high school, you know? It yeah. Is, it is. There's certain things that I wish were different about it, but I mean, it's like, there are things about high school that are, you know, um, you know, uh, that don't seem to ever change. Um, but for you to find a way, to, like, to connect with the palms through, like, your love of 
you know, Fatboy Slim and your love of, you know, mixing and DJ. I think that's, I think that's incredible, you know, because it's, I mean, like I said, like at this, at this point in my life, 1998, like I only know those two songs, but for them to like have discovered, you know, this like, this cut off this album, for you to know it and already have the, the vinyl and to create something that they, you know, perform to dance to, I think it's amazing. It's just like the way that, that this, you know, this stuff just like connects people, you know, so. Yeah. Oh, my nerddom is like paying off a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, like, oh, like, that's when I was like, okay, I'm a DJ now. You know, like, like and like, okay, someone, people were gonna pay me to do this because like, I know what I'm fucking talking about. That's when I launched, you know, that's when I went and started doing it. Yeah. Because of, because of Norman Cook. Yeah. That's incredible. Uh, yeah. You never, I don't think you, you've talked about how much like guys like Chemical Brothers and Daft Punk, Orbital, you know, um, have, have like meant to you, but I don't think you've ever like ever like disclosed why you do what you do. I think it's, it's pretty big, pretty special, pretty special night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, yeah I'm going to go get, I'm going to go get married now. So this is a really great. <laughs> wait, wait, before you, wait, before you go. We should probably talk about one more album for another oh, yeah. hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> no, uh, well, I, final thoughts, Fatboy Sim, um, for, for me, it, it was great. Like, it was, it's, it's been one that's been on my radar for a long time, and I'm glad we finally got to talk about it uh, with the meme. Will, will, you, will you return to it? Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. I, would, I would buy the vinyl for sure. Um, All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so while, while you've come a long way, baby is a celebration in a lot yeah. of ways. It's, mm-hmm. um, my album this week is, hmm, it's, what's the, what's the best way to describe this one? It's a introspective look at the darker sides of the human existence i i told elliot when we were talking about i was like yeah i think we have like complete opposite albums and he was like yeah i think but those are usually the most interesting conversations and yeah. uh, i i i agree and i'm and excited to dive into this one um my album this week was alice in chains dirt from 19 19-
nailed it. Wow. What did you think of Dirt? Um, it was quite a listen, man. And I, and I, I dug it for what it is. Uh, I like immediately. I'm like, wow, this is mastered perfectly. Um, like the, 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 everything is in its right place. Um, on, I'll say right now, like on later fat boy releases, the vocals are way too high because he's never worked, worked with like a, an actual vocalist before. He's, only, he's not. He's, he's only worked with samples that are already mastered. If you think about it, um, so this one is like perfect. I, I only get, I, I can only hit like one hi hat, like and the left ear, like a little too high. But it's like just chop that up. But um, this is, the stereo is amazing. The vocal effects are kind of wild. It's another one of these guys that's like recording himself over and over again. I think you have to correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I, I the the first note I wrote down listening to this album was sustain entertainment. Oh yeah, <laughs> the 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 guitars are just like wah, like they just sustain seemingly in perpetuity, um, yeah. which I think is amazing. <laughs> well, like wow, and like the, the whole album, like um, the way it's like leveled and like all that stuff, it just smells like a guitar center, oh. you know. I'm like, I just got a real, real guitar center, you know, vibes. And like, but also like, where are these guys from? These guys are from Seattle. Seattle, okay. Cause I know you're a West Coast dude, but I'm like, these guys, I felt a lot of Midwest because of the cold weather of it all. Uh, cause you know what I'm talking about? Cause like, wait, wait. Cause like we've talked about like, special companies before and they're from where? Chicago. Chicago. See, okay, if, if 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 you if you experience winter, your music is very different. Yeah. Seems to be, <laughs> seems to be. I, I, this is my whole hypothesis for this whole entire project. If you experience cold weather, your music's gonna be very different. So Seattle, rainy, perfect. Okay, even though all their music videos look like they're shot in the Mexico sequence of Terminator 2: Judgment Day, <laughs> everything's orange and they're all bummed out. And like one of them is just like, you guys are, we're not going to make it, are we? And then the bass player is like, it is in your DNA to destroy each other. Um, uh, <laughs> there, there are some jams in here, absolutely. It's just so slow. It's just trudgy. Yeah. It's a march through three feet of snow. It just feels like, oh, am I marching to a shallow grave? And yeah. that's how dark this shit is in very uh, an opposite direction of Fatboy Slim. Jake, what's your history with Allison Chains? My my first friend ever, like in my entire life, his name is Michael. Um, great guy. Uh, if he happens to ever stumble on this, Michael, cheers. Um, hey, Michael. Wow. First friend ever. He lived down the street from me, and I remember I went over to his house and to play to play double uh, Goldeneye double O seven, sure, and, classic. And so, and he had an Allison Chain's greatest hits CD. You know, I was like a budding like rock, you know, rock nerd in like the you know like late nineties, and I was like, oh, cool, Allison Chains. I, I've seen them in my Guitar World magazine, and we put on the CD, and it was Man in the Box. I'm the man in the box. It came out on the album before this facelift. And 
I thought it was the coolest, most eerie sounding song like ever, but it was catchy. And so I burned Allison Chain's greatest hits. Oh, I mean, I did not burn Allison Chain's greatest. I allegedly burned. <laughs> um, and well, now, you, you know, Lars is listening. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there were, you know, most of the songs on that greatest hits were on dirt. I just didn't realize it. Um, and so, and then, and then I discovered Nirvana. And so like when people talk about grunge, I feel like Nirvana kind of takes the cake. Eclipses. Yes. Perfect yeah. way to describe it. Um, the Nirvana, the, the Seattle sound. But I feel like if you try to like distill like the essence of what the quote unquote grunge movement was, I think it doesn't get any more grungy than this album. Okay. Like peak grunge right here. I think so. Um, or de- definitive grunge. Definitive. Oh man, you're crushing it tonight. Yes. Yep. Um, I just, would just I, just as you've come along, maybe as definitive big beat. This is definitive grunge. I would say this is grunge. Um, probably like maybe like you could do like Bad Motor Finger by Soundgarden, maybe. But love I, Soundgarden. I always preferred Allison Chains. I love uh, Jerry Cantrell, the guitar player, and he. Okay. Wrote, writes most of the song wrote most of the songs um alongside oh. lane staley the, the the vocalist i prefer mm-hmm. his guitar playing to it, his guitar playing and writing to uh chris cornell okay this album it just hits you like a ton of bricks yeah um, it, it, it opens it opens with like just bam, we're into it like bam with um the, the, the opening track like it's just like they don't yeah yeah they don't, they don't there's no intro there's no you know right here right now like like, like, like we're gonna ease into this like no 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 there's like wham it's just like ow dun 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 yeah. it's like whoa like we're in it we're in it we're in it yeah it, it's hard and it's heavy and what I, what I learned in my research for this one is like the band actually recorded um during the la riots after the rodney king verdict oh boy so it's like there's all there's just there's just like a heaviness to that and like if this this album is like it's brutal musically it's 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 a heavy metal album you know like mm-hmm. in, in every sense of the word but like the lyrics are so raw and so just like not trying like to be necessarily metaphorical or poetic or about anything like they're talking about isolation they're talking about addiction they're talking about you know, the struggles of, you know, Vietnam War veterans in the rooster, which we'll get to. Yeah. Um, one of the lyrics that stuck out to me the most, which was on Junkhead. Yeah. Uh, the chorus is, what's my drug of choice? What, what, what do you What do you got? Yeah. I remember, I remember that. I didn't have to look at my notes. Like, yeah. That one, like, hit me pretty hard, too. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Well, and and so it, it, we would be remiss to talk about Alice in Chains and not address like Lane Staley and um, original bassist Mike Starr. Uh, Lane Staley died; from, he overdosed on heroin, um, and Mike Starr also died of a drug overdose as well. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know enough about their what was going on during this album. I don't know about their 
about Lane Staley's history or anything like that, but I know that he struggled. They, he, you know, he struggled with addiction, you know, serious addiction, and it, he yeah. eventually um, passed passed away from it. Um, and that that is just laced into these lyrics, you know, and mm-hmm. knowing that he passed from that. And hearing that that lyric in Junkhead, I was just like, "Oh, damn!" Like, there there are multiple times like listening to this album that I would say just I, I I'd stop and be like, "Oh man, that's heavy!" Like, and I I think the rawness um, of those lyrics really just makes it that much more powerful. Like, there's no there's no holding back here. Um, yeah damn that river oh man yeah um down in a hole which is like a ballad on the record yeah um it's just it's almost like there's like an acoustic guitar i feel in it and like lane staley's vocals are just so just like haunting and like pained like i don't know um there's so many bangers on this one uh, but I think that the centerpiece of the album is Rooster. What did you, yeah. what did you think about Rooster? Well, Rooster is like, you know, the one, of course, and, and I realized like listening to this album, like, uh, oh, I've heard a few of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was flashing back to like karaoke night in college. Like I remember like people yeah. singing Rooster and stuff like that. But then I, I, you know, watched the video for, I'm like, wait, is Rooster about Vietnam? Like yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. Like the, the, the official video, like, opens with like I, it appears to be help me out here like a little interview like with the vocalist's father i was in nom yeah so dude thanks for bringing that up um in my research for tonight i i was like i want to you know i want because i i like you know i like reading about our artists for sure but if i can hear them tell their own story you know i i i really enjoy that um so I did some research and I want to give credit where credit's due. Um, the Opus by Consequence Podcast had a really great segment on on Dirt uh, where they talked about uh, so like Lane, uh, so Jerry Cantrell, the guitar player, um, his father was in Vietnam and came back as sadly many uh, Vietnam veterans did with a ton of baggage that they needed to unpack, but maybe weren't ready to, or didn't know how to. And it kind of make made Jerry estranged from his father. Yeah. Jerry Cantrell wrote the rooster from his father's perspective as a Vietnam veteran to try and connect with him. And, you know, court and apparently it helped them reestablish some type of relationship and that is actually jerry cantrell's father i think jerry senior if i'm not mistaken um in the music video talking about his time in vietnam and it's incredibly heavy stuff like that's i'm gonna say that word heavy a lot in the next like 20 minutes because yeah 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 well it's a heavy album yeah yeah Uh, it seems to be like about like you know a lot of um processing and like processing uh what seems to be hereditary trauma like you know like if you're 
dad or grandfather comes back from something so traumatic like that, it's going to influence you, and that's therefore hereditary like trauma. And so like, th these guys are talking about some pretty heavy shit. Um, in the grunge world, and and not to get too far off the the, the meaning of the album or, or the, the, the the talk about trauma or anything, but like who are influencing these guys? His favorite, his biggest influence and favorite band was ACDC. Sure. Okay. And uh, Tony Iommi from um, from Black Sabbath, and Eddie Van Halen. Um, yeah. And so, but the weird thing is, so I didn't. It there's not a lot. I mean, I, I feel like there is, but so like Alice in Chains started off as like a glam metal band, almost like uh, I don't know if you remember our Pantera talk where we talked about how Pantera started off yeah. in glam metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing with Alice in Chains. Like they really. Were, yeah, like they were like a total hair metal band. Wow. And so Jerry Cantrell moved to Seattle uh, and met Lane Staley, the vocalist, and they just were immediate friends. And they were like, let's form a band. This is the uh, <laughs> this is the abbreviated version. Um, and they couldn't think of a band name. And Jerry Cantrell was like, well, why don't we use your old band name? And so to avoid being compared to Guns N' Roses, Oh, Alice in Chains. <laughs> that's adorable. Which, honestly, like when I think of Alice in Chains, that's like I think of like Alice in Wonderlands, but then I think of Chains, and Chains are like it's just like like you're I don't know, it's heavy. Like and and, and this it's like the it, it it just works. Like this that band name works with yeah. Well, they're going they're they're, they're trapped going down the rabbit hole or whatever. Yeah, it seems to yeah. be. Oh, beautifully yeah. put. Mm -hmm. I would clap, but it would it would send the meters out out that of. That will spike and all. Yeah, I was a spike. This and even even like the album title, Dirt. Yeah, I mean, like, from whence we came, there we go, and all that. It seems to be a, a lot about like, oh man, like what does this all mean? And like 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 uh, like, uh, you know, uh, yeah, out of the dirt, back to it, like. Like, what is this life all about? Like, um, I I got that, but like, but damn, <laughs> brutal. And like, what a kind of a beautiful, poetic, and 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 well produced way to uh, present this idea of like, this might not mean anything. It's just it's just a, it's quite brutal, you know. Um, and like, it's gonna rain when I die. That's yeah. like, like like that 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 could be the title of this album. Like, it's gonna rain. Like, but like, but the, but it doesn't also mean like. To me, rain means hope. But like, but but these guys are d dealing with some shit. Yeah, and and I think so. One of my favorite um, modern pop punk bands, although I feel like like I feel like in the last like five or so years they've kind of transcended that pop punk genre is the Wonder Years. Um, and if you haven't checked them out, I think they're really worth it. Um, they. I would compare like Alice in Chains to like the modern Wonder Years because the the lyricist uh, Dan, Dan Campbell he writes he's just like incredibly like just like raw like like not sugarcoating anything like I want like one of my favorite songs is like the lyric is I'm Jesus Christ I'm 26 all the people I graduated kid uh, Jesus Christ I'm 26 
all the people I graduated with all have kids, all have wives, all have people who care if they come home at night. You know, which is just like devastating, you know, and like listening to Dirt, and I'm just like, I hear a lot of this just like, just like, I, I can't think of any other way to describe it, but raw emotion in these lyrics, in these songs. And it's just, it's like, there's a lot of like metal riffing. Like Jerry Cantrell is, is a killer guitar player. Jesus. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. You know, but, and it's not like Iron Maiden. It's not like Judas Priest. Like, that's like heavy metal. But this, this album is brutal in every like sense of the word. Like, I would, this is a very heavy album for sure. Yeah. Who came after this? Who who were who were in who were therefore influenced by this? Oh man, I would I would say so. This is it, this, this this came out in ninety two. Yeah, it feels way more modern than that. Like even like production wise, like it's very oh, impressive. Gosh. It sounds amazing. Oh oh jeez, like when when Jerry kicks into like a solo and like like that they turn that overdrive into that guitar that he's the the rhythm oh it's so killer um and we got we got wah wah pedals going on wow 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 yes a lot of wah wah pedals for sure yeah i dig it man i'm a big fan you get new metal from this you know like you get that self-titled corn album from our first episode this wow this came out that came out two years after this like you get that raw emotion that Jonathan Davis was doing on that album, you can get from this record for sure. Okay. All right. Uh, I knew, I knew I really, really, really wanted to talk about this album. I think it's one of the greatest albums of, of and that is like an understatement, but personally one of the greatest albums of the nineties, which is like my half of the, of the show. Uh, and <laughs> I've really, really come to, really appreciate and, and value um what what they created with this one um yeah uh i love the that the closing um the one two of angry chair and wood yeah i liked wood a lot um it started i was like oh this is this is the one that's not like the other there's like ting, 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 ting. yeah 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 so that one was actually written by Elaine Staley, the vocalist. Oh, okay. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And so, like, you know, who? So, Elaine Staley, he passed away um, in 2002. Uh, just an incredibly, like, gifted vocalist. I, I've seen, like, live video of them doing, like, some of their, like, some of their songs that in the studio, you're just like, oh, that's studio trickery. Like, they probably, like, cut that from, like, three different takes. But he sounds just amazing. Like, wow. what's really interesting about Alice in Chains, which I love, is that Jerry and Lane they sing together a lot. Jerry does that kind of like that smooth, you know, vocal, and Lane Lane comes on top with like a like a whale <laughs> almost. I didn't. Well, do it's, it. not, it's not the one guy that's just re- repeating himself. Uh. Uh-uh. So they're singing oh. together, yeah. Oh, it's a little harmony going on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Wow. Um, so the other member, uh, Mike Starr, he played bass on this one. He he passed away in 2011. Oh my God, how many are left? So 
So it's uh, Sean and and Jerry. And actually, I got to see talk about Corn a second ago. I actually got to see Allison Chains and Corn uh, play together a couple years ago. Hmm. You know, like it was like the the new lead singer doesn't sound like Lane, but no one does, and no one will or should. The the, the vocals are pretty far out and like uh, ethereal and like weird. Otherworldly, yeah, eerie, you know, like yeah, yeah. Um, but it's like paying, paying like homage to to this yeah. music, and and Jerry is he's awesome. Like he's just like like a really badass guitar player, and and he's just you know I listened to him on that podcast earlier, and he just like he sounds like a guy who's like really content and really loves what he does. Um, and it's what you, it's what you hope for, and and, and want to hear um, yeah. from, from your favorite musicians. But no, this this was a great one. I've 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 like I've gone back and like listened to it a couple times over like the past year or so because they're all the same. 30th anniversary, blah 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 blah, all this other stuff. And uh huh. I listened to a couple of remasters, like 2022 masters, yeah, remasters, yeah. and all that. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, all right, if you say so. But like, everything sounded uh, truly pristine, especially yeah. for the for '92. Oh my god! I think, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, they recorded in the same studio that Metallica recorded the Black Album in. Mm. That's kind of cool. <laughs> um, but no, like this, this is really neat to listen to with the Mimo's ear. Um, the Mimo's ear. Hashtag Mimo's ear. Um, and it was like a total like 180 from where, where like I said, like you've come a long way, baby, is like is like a celebration of big beat and of life in a lot of ways. And I feel like dirt is like a harrowing tale of like the dark side of life um, and telling those stories that are, are important um, yeah. for for people to know and, and to listen to. And, and um, it's a heavy listen. I would maybe like approach it lightly, um, but I, I would absolutely recommend it. And uh, if you do need, if you do need help or if you are suffering from, from any addiction or anything, please reach out to your friends and your family or, uh, or someone you trust, uh, to help you because they love you and um yeah. they're there for you um but i do hope you enjoyed allison chase elliot what were your final thoughts final thoughts were um oh yeah music music used to sound really good <laughs> <laughs> um i side note i thought sick man sounded like a rob zombie tune <laughs> are you serious <laughs> yes <laughs> Yes! Oh my god, dude. This is why we have this show. It was the the Thomas and the snare, Thomas and the snare, Thomas. I'm like, this is zombie. Like like a Rob dude. Oh man, I had that in my notes, but like I was kind of shooting from the hip. I didn't even look at them, but dude, that's amazing. Yes. I Totally got that Rob Zombie. That like that. Uh, How about that. Yeah, big time. Absolutely. Uh, another thing I'll say is like, um, both both our guys this week uh, uh, 
uh, Alice in Chains and Troublesome, like, uh, touch on substance abuse in a direct and very indirect way. Fabulousome has been pretty forward about his substance problems. And after this album, after You've Come a Long Way, baby, he he got sober. And uh, that's a pretty big deal. And his next album was called uh, um, Halfway Between the Gutter and the Stars. And um, the gutter, to me, sounds a lot like dirt. And so, like, Alice in Chains are coming from the ground level up, and 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 like they're talking about it, and they're and they're getting into the nitty gritty of it. And while Fat, while Norman Cook, Fatboy Slim is is kind of um, ignoring it because he's in the middle of it. And then on the next album, he's like, I need to get out of this. I have kids now. Um, and he makes this other album about getting out of it. And, you know, uh, so both our guys, while very different music, um, Fatboy is some about joy and, and, and silliness, and Austin Chain's about dark poetry and like uh, all this. They're both kind of talking about the same thing, which is life. And what are we, what are we, what are we gonna do from here? We, we come from dirt, and that's where we're gonna end up. So, but like perhaps we're just here halfway between the the dirt and the stars and while we're here all we can do is make cool shit and I think that's what we're trying to do with this show I think that's what Alice in Chains is doing and what Fabulous is doing and yeah I think both these bands are awesome and worth a listen you get what you get from it based on what's going on in your soul you know it's really really neat and then with like Alice in Chains there's no like there's no like this is just like hey this is this is what this is about like this is what we're going through it's quite immediate yeah immediate yes blatant you know like in a lot of blatant yeah 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 and it's just really really cool how like how art allows you to like you know you know either like you know let you come to your own conclusions or takes you by the hand and be like no here's what's up you know and that's what I love about this. That's what I love about this journey and like learning about different types of bands and different types of music. It's just, it's really cool. And I'm just having a moment. It might yeah, be, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it might be just like, I don't know. Well, yeah, you're you're in a state. You're and you're and you're a little you're a little you're amping up to a big day and you're probably in a, an emotional way. That's great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's like it's 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 weird. Like things are like, I don't know. <laughs> it's always the wordsmith. <laughs> you know, it's like I don't know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like I don't know, right? Uh, no, it, it, to quote one of to quote one of our previous artists and possibly my favorite artist. You know, it's like I guess this is growing up. You know, it's like noticing things and appreciating things on a different level. It's just really, it's really profound. And it's, I don't know, I could listen to this a year from now and be like, what was I thinking? You know, but but at this moment, I'm just kind of like, man, there's just so much amazing art and music out there. And it's such a treat to be able to talk about it and to dissect it. You know, like it is. Yeah. 
a real, a real true pleasure. And um, yeah, yeah, I think I, I think I get what you're saying. Like, I don't consider this like a uh, in the age of nostalgia that we're currently in and media and all that. I don't, I don't consider this a throwback nostalgia podcast. This is an autobiographical podcast. You know, oh, we're we're, oh, yeah. we're we're telling our stories to each other, man, through albums that we recommend to each other. Like, exactly. it's not, it's not like remember. Remember that? You know, it's, it's more like, dude, this made me who I am today. We're telling each other about ourselves yeah. and, and to the internet or whoever li- cares to listen. Uh, and it's not because these are things, things are cool now. The numbers will tell you that. But like, like, it's because these, mean, these things mean a lot to us. And I think what, what is more pure of art than that? Yeah, absolutely. I can, couldn't have said it better. All right. Uh, well, that was awesome, and what a introspective and cool uh, discussion about Fabio Slim and Alice in Chains. Jake, what do you got for next time? Uh, so, you know, you talked about nostalgia um, uh, just a second ago, and and about two weeks ago, my favorite band of all time announced that they're uniting. Oh boy! And uh, uh, and playing shows, so it's that's Blink One Eighty Two. Yep. Uh, it's a big old deal. They're playing with uh they're they're playing the When We Were Young Fest, which is kind of like an emo pop punk celebration in Vegas. The line the lineup is bonkaroonies fun. Not so. And I got tickets. <laughs> ah! So I I only have to wait a year. Um so we'll report oh, back okay. a year from now. <laughs> All right. Uh, but there I want to make note. Yeah, there was this legendary show, kind of like the Family Values tour that Elliot went to and saw Crystal Method. Yeah. Um, so there was probably around the same time, honestly. Um, it was the Pop Disaster Tour um, from 2001, and it was Blink-182 and another band uh, that has yet to make an appearance on this show. Until next time. Oh. So with that being said, we talked about Southern California pop punk with the offspring a couple weeks ago. Um, But next episode, we're going to introduce Trey cool, Mike Dern and Billy Joe Armstrong green day. Oh shit. With 1994's dookie. Dookie. Fantastic. And, and I'm hoping we can pull some special guests to uh, do some field correspondence for that. We, uh, we will see we might, what happen. We have a special correspondent on site right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, we might be able to do that. Dookie. And this is, it's kind of like, we talk about pop punk. Uh, I feel like yeah. Dookie is like, um, Dookie is like the seed that sprouted the whole pop punk genre, but we'll get there. Um, what are the big ones on Dookie? So, oh man, it's it's like a greatest. Is it, is it ridiculous? It's like this is all all jams. So you had you have Longview, the sit around and watch the two, but nothing's on. And then you got um, Basket Case. Do uh-huh. you have the time? Oh, forget it. Yeah, yeah. listen, and then you got she. She screams in silence. 
Um, and then my personal record, my, my personal favorite on the record, when I come around, but dun, 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 dun. all songs I played multiple times at our open mic that we, of course, to. of course. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, in 1999, a, a DJ that I'm a, quite a big fan of, um, and he's, uh, in the DJ community, he's also known, um, as God, uh, his name is Sasha. In 1999, he released an EP called Expander. And this will be a nice, easy, uh, quick listen. It's four tracks. Four tracks? Four tracks. Are they all 20 minutes long? <laughs> they're quite long. They're all, they're all 11 plus minutes. You can see here. Um, uh, we have Expander, which is phenomenal we have bell funk rabbit tweed and baja now now expander think paul van dyke's foreign angel i know you're a big fan oh so it's like so expander this 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 lead track you know uh plate a side a is a absolute classic in the trance world and then the the other three tracks are like fucking beautiful like soundscapes they're just fucking fantastic so i think you're gonna dig this one he has a Ray of Light remix. Uh, he does indeed. We can have to talk about that. We can bring that up, yeah. Okay, Expander, Expander, Expander. Hold on. Dude, Sasha, Sasha versus Green Day. <laughs> Sasha versus Green Day. It's it's so wildly different. Oh my God, that's great. I love, uh, that's awesome. The Expander EP. Perfect. It should be four tracks. Expander edit, Bell Funk, Rabbit Weed, Baja. Perfect. All right. And uh, if you've listened to this show, you know I, you know I've, I, I'm one for always a springing one on my partner Elliot here, uh, what? catching him off guard. Um, what are you doing now? So, ha- being that it's November, it's my birthday month, and it's also the month of giving thanks in a lot of ways. And uh, we it had is. a really great experience last year of uh, gifting a song. Uh, to one another that we were thankful for. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Paul Van Dyke uh, from an yeah. That became like, I'm excited to see my Spotify year end because if it's not on the top 10, Spotify doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> and I get the Jumper, my possibly favorite song of all time. Wow. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to throw this one at my partner, Elliot, here uh, uh, and gift him another song. Oh. Uh, this time a song that's a lot of fun uh that has meant a lot to me uh this song when i when i first got my i first got my guitar this was the first song i wanted to learn on it uh because it came up on mix 96.1 the this mystical radio station of my youth uh and i thought it was so cool i loved the chords i loved everything about this song and I'm very, very excited to talk about it. Uh, so for our special Thanksgiving, Thanks Mimos Giving, <laughs> okay. uh, I'm gifting Elliot Miserable by Lit. And that is <laughs> off of the 1999 album, A Place in the Sun. Oh, wow. Okay. Is that a bonus episode? That's a bonus app. Do I need to give you one now? Hit me. 
Uh, so a little backstory on why we're doing Lit. Not only do I absolutely adore this song and, and have for, I don't know, 23 years, uh, out of the blue, uh, co- like, you know, a couple months ago, Elliot texted and said, hey, what's that? What's that pop punk album? It, it's like has like a girl in yellow on the cover. And I was just like, <laughs> I remember that, dude. <laughs> And like without like I was just like, let's a place in the sun, and then like a couple minutes go by and you're like he was like that's it that's the one we were we couldn't figure it out and so yeah, <laughs> yeah so that's why we're that's why we're doing a place in the sun, <laughs> or, or, or miserable off a place in the sun, but but like if if I'm going like uh, just a single like a one track that I think Jake would enjoy and I, and I am thankful for and I, and I think, um, and this, this fits perfectly. Uh, it's a track called Little Fluffy Clouds by The Orb. Little Fluffy Clouds, The Orb. He's writing it down with a quill, <laughs> like <writes> Shakespeare. <laughs> he, has a, he has a feather in his hand. All right, so uh, tell me about The Orb real, real quick. Who... Who are they? It's two dudes that sound like Orbital, but they're not. They're or the Orb, and, and they they do these like kaleidoscopic uh, kind of um, collage uh, soundscapes electronically, um, and they're like they're like even like tune in their AM radios and like and bring that stuff in in a live performance stuff like that. This is sample stuff that, that they don't that have no control over, um, but they have this song called "Little Fluffy Clouds." Okay. And it's really beautiful. And I think you might just dig it. Because okay. I sure do. All right. All right. So, all right. So, for next time, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Our full episode, we got uh, Sasha and Expander. Sasha's and Expander EP. Sasha's Expander EP. Sorry. Yes. And Green Day's Dookie. EP. Dookie. Um, and then uh, for our special Sips Giving um, Thanksgiving episode, Sips Giving. We're gonna- yeah. We're gonna have the orb and little fluffy clouds and yes. lit's miserable. Okay. Top ten favorite song of all time. Very excited to talk about lit. Oh wow. Okay. Um. That, okay. Oh boy. Okay. And then we and then we might have something up our sleeve for year end. We might we might dip our toes into the early two thousands. We'll see. We we might time travel a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. We might just, just you know, after three years, break a few rules, man. That's right. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Elliot, thank you for bringing more Fat Boy Slim into my life. Uh, yeah. You've come a long way, baby. It was a real treat, and it was great to revisit so many really great memories I have of of Rockefeller Skank uh, and praise you, and also to dive into the rest of that record that um, I um, unfortunately had not really had a chance to listen to. It, it, it was a real treat. Yeah. Some great stuff. And thank you for sharing um, uh, uh, Alice of Chains. I, I, they have been on my periphery, of course, but like uh, listening, like sitting with that um, mood piece of it all was like, it was quite something. Yeah. It was, it was like looking at a big gigantic oil painting. And it was like, just, I just took it in. It was really great. Awesome. So I, I dug it. I dug it. Glad you enjoyed it, dude. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I think the next time we'll talk, I will be a married man, which. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll report on that and we'll talk about Green Day and Sasha as well. Yes. That sounds like a plan to me, but bro. <laughs> all right, dude. Well, I'm signing off. I am as well. Um, hey, do all listen. Thanks for listening. Uh, hit us up on the things. Uh, Sipping me was pot at Gmail, I think. And, and find us on Instagram. Sipping me was pot, I think. Thank you to, uh, for, for anyone that, that's, that's messaged and, uh, uh, commented on Instagram or any other any of those socials, letting us know that you've enjoyed the episodes or uh, what you want to hear more of. Any anything any that all really does mean the world, uh, especially to know that there are folks out there that are listening uh, to to this project that Elliot and I have been working on for three years now. So um, yeah, thank you uh, for listening. Um, And I hope you uh, continue listening. (laughs) Yeah, I hope so too. Go, go, feed your dog and hug your hug your fiance. uh, (laughs) Because you've only got you've only got a week or so to do that until she becomes your wife. So enjoy that. (laughs) Will do, bro. All right, uh, and uh, to Jake and to everyone else that's listening, I I think we would both like to say, stay sipping, stay (laughs) sipping. All right, dude. All right. All right, bud. You take it easy. All right, you too, man. Later.